0: Hey sis, welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes, Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself. So I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host and sister in Christ, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. This is a podcast for millennial moms who struggle with limiting beliefs and want to learn how to make over their mindsets and level up their lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast, where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right, so welcome back to all of our returning listeners and welcome to our new listeners to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I'm excited for today's discussion. Um, The name of this episode is called Fruit. Equals character And um, the basis or the foundation Of this topic is based on The fruits of the spirit Which are listed in um, Galatians chapter 5 Verses 22 through 23 So just real quick If you're not familiar with What the fruits of the spirit are They are love, joy Peace, patience Kindness Goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control. All right? Those are what are considered the fruits of the spirit or in this case what I'll be talking about is how they are um character traits that you know depict how we behave, how we act. Um and ultimately I feel like the fruits of the spirit are character traits of God. If you go through, you know, all nine of the fruits of the spirit and you, you know, have a relationship with God or Desire to have a relationship with God, these nine fruits that are listed are the character traits of God um, or of Jesus that he showed here on earth as well. And what we are supposed to take on and perform and act um, here on earth. So, getting into it, I just listed the fruits of the Spirit. Now, what is character? I feel like this is something that we hear, and it's one of those words that is just kind of like, oh, you know, it is what it is, whatever. But character is your mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. And I like how it says your mental or moral qualities, right? Because your character is attached to your actions or your behavior. And a lot of times the actions or behavior that we do reveal our morals or our values or what we think about others or even what we think about ourselves. So I really like this um, definition. And some similar words to character are your personality, your nature, your identity, vibrations, or your essence, right? So we may hear some people talk about like, oh, she was a vibe, he was a vibe, or it's a vibe in here. I feel like that's like your aura, right? Or how you make other people feel, how you fill up the space in the room with your your personality and your attitude. So the foundational scripture for today's conversation is coming from Matthew chapter seven, verses 15 through 20. And in my Bible, the title of this scripture is called the tree and its fruit, okay? Again, that was Matthew chapter seven, verses 15 through 20. And it goes to start like this. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Now, real quick sidebar, that line right there made me think about Little Red Riding Hood, right? (laughs) And it made me think, like, did that folk story come from this scripture? Like, because the whole story of Little Red Riding Hood is about her being deceived by the wolf and him acting like the grandma, whatever. So it's saying, beware of false prophets, right? Um, And in this case, it can be, you know, false prophets, which is what the scripture is referring to. But I would say even just beware of anybody, right? Whether they're a prophet, um, a business partner, somebody trying to be your friend or come in your circle or find out information about you, just beware, okay? You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Hence the title of this episode, your fruit equals your character. You can pick grapes from thorn bushes, excuse me, can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The answer will be no. A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A bad tree can't produce, excuse me, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. I feel like Dr. Seuss here <laughs> with that. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit so you can identify people by their actions. If you've read the Bible or you know had any experience over time, trees and plants and harvesting and things like that are a huge theme in the Bible. So pretty much what this scripture is telling me, just like a fruit tree, an apple tree, all it can produce is apples. It can't produce oranges. And vice versa. A orange tree can only produce oranges. It can't produce apples. But think about all that goes into a tree, right? We know that the real power from a tree is from that seed, is from that soil, from what it's rooted in, from its core, right? So pretty much this is saying you as a as a person, right, or people, the way that they act is their apples or their oranges being produced from what's on the inside of their core or at their root, right, of who they truly are. Your true self, which is who you are at the core, will always come out eventually, all right? Now, that statement there um, takes me to my next point where we talk about our heart posture, right? God knows the quality of our fruit because he knows our heart. Okay, so think about your heart as like a seed for a tree. It's where all the nutrients um, and everything is stored, right? It's like the the true um, being of that tree, and that represents your heart versus the seed. Okay, so this is really big right here too. A lot of times we confuse talent and gifts as fruit, right? So somebody might be known for singing really well, or you may know a preacher who can preach a good word and get the people moving and and the spirit feels like it's in the room, right? We mistake things like that as fruit, but that's not fruit. All that is, is talents and gifts, right? Excuse me, because this is how you know it's not fruit. You can be talent with rotten fruit. Okay, so you can sing down the paint off the walls in the church. You can preach down the walls (laughs) in the church or whatever. Like you can be super, super talented. You could be very artistic or whatever the case might, might be. Right. But you're still a nasty person on the inside or your character or your fruit is rotten when you interact with other people or even when you're somewhere by yourself. The things that you think, the things that you say, the things that you're plotting in your mind and what's really going in your heart is rotten, despite the fact that on the outside, you have these gifts and these talents. Um, This kind of puts me in the mind of the personality type, like nice, nasty, <laughs> right? Uh, all of us can think of somebody that acts that way, nice, nasty. It's like they give you a little compliment or whatever, but you can feel all the shade behind what they're saying, okay? So this is where we don't wanna be. This is examples of rotten fruit, right? So man may look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. That scripture right there confirms what I just said. So the whole idea behind your fruit equaling your character is your heart posture. So you have to ask yourself or others that you interact with, ask this question, where is your heart at? Where is your heart at? This makes me think about, remember as kids, maybe somebody had a bag of chips or something and then you would ask them, "Well, oh, can I have some chips? And they go to dig in the bag to give you some, right? And then you'd be like, nah, I was, I was just playing. I just wanted to see where your heart was at, right? So that's kind of what this is, what that question is asking. Just seeing where is your heart at? What are your true intentions and your motives behind what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing, Right your heart reveals itself in your speech and behavior, okay? Um, And I don't wanna get ahead of my notes. I have an example about that. So just put a pin there, that your heart reveals itself in your speech and your behavior. So there is a few cross-reference scriptures to the foundation scripture that I shared um, from Matthew 7. So in Luke chapter six, verses 43 through 45, it pretty much says the same thing. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Okay, so do you see the connection here? Um, In Matthew seven, it was saying like a tree producing good fruit. But right here is saying that a good person produces good fruit or good things based off their heart posture. (laughs) So everything that you do, everything that you say flows from your heart posture or that seed that I gave the example about earlier for the tree. Matthew 12 and 33 is another cross reference scripture. What you say flows from your heart. So this makes me think about, have you ever been in a heated argument with somebody, right? Y'all going in, going in, and then all of a sudden they say something so hurtful that you feel like. Oh, so that's how you felt all along, (laughs) or this is what you were thinking all along, right? It probably was something that they were harboring in their heart, that they were thinking about and meditating on. And in this moment of the argument, it just spilled out because it was sitting on their heart, right? So that's what that makes me think of. Now, um, in order for us to learn how to live by the Spirit's power, we can refer to Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 21. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I will include this scripture in the show notes, but I'm just going to go through the points of this um, body of scripture here. Again, that's Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 21. And the title of this, excuse me, I missed my place. The title of this in the Bible is how to live by the spirit's power. So first it says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't do what your sinful nature craves. Your sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the spirit wants. And your spirit desires the opposite of what the sinful nature wants. So if you can picture in your head, have you ever watched um, a cartoon, right? And they have the little devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. And they're both talking to the person or the character, trying to get them to behave a certain way or make a certain decision. And it's just like they're going back and forth, telling that person what to do. That's what I have in my mind as far as your sinful nature and the spirit nature. Okay, those two little things on your shoulders. Two forces are constantly and this is still scripture, y'all. Two forces are constantly fighting each other. We are not free to carry out our good intentions. Woo. And I put quotations on that because I don't know how many times I have been in a situation or presented with an opportunity and I made a decision based off, you know, good intentions, right? I had good intentions behind it, but the end result did not turn out the way that I intended <laughs> for it to, right? Or maybe you shared something with somebody or said something to somebody with good intentions. But the way they received it wasn't the way that you intended it. So it just all ended up falling apart, right? The results of carrying out your sinful nature desires are this, and this is still scripture and it listed here, sexual immorality, impurity, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition. Dissension, which I had to look this up because I didn't know what that was, but that is a disagreement that leads to discord, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and sins like these. So, just listening to this list, you know, we're very transparent here on this platform. I have definitely engaged in some of these things um, on this list, for sure, having um, hostility with people. For sure, feeling some jealousy, for sure, outbursts of anger, mamas, (laughs) mamas out there when it comes to dealing with our kids and just being in the heat of the moment or overwhelmed or frustrated. I've experienced outbursts of anger. I've experienced having selfish ambition, um, especially when I first started Kai's Cookies. It was very um, self-ambition driven Like I'm about to show them, I'm about to stack this money up, blah, blah, blah nothing to do with God, nothing to do with his vision or about him, period, all about me. So this is just an example of, you know, how your actions look or how your character looks when you are making decisions based off of your sinful nature. And then the verse ends by saying, you know, people who engage in this behavior will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, What is proof of fruit in somebody's life? How can you know that somebody has fruit in their life or a good character in their life? Um, There's a book that I'm reading called The Spirit-Filled Life, and it's by Charles F. Stanley. I'll have the link in the show notes. And I haven't finished reading it. I'm about in the middle of it. But this book is really good about explaining how to do life with the Holy Spirit. I feel like in church, you know, we learn about God. We learn about Jesus. But there isn't really much taught about the Holy Spirit, which is a gift to us from Jesus. So if it's a gift from Jesus, I feel like that's something that's important. It's something that we need to learn how to incorporate in our lives on a daily basis. And again, the name of that book is The Spirit-Filled Life. Okay, so um, how can you find proof of fruit in somebody's life? Seeing fruit in someone's life shows that the Holy Spirit has custody over them. Okay, the person is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is really deep, y'all. I looked up the definition of influence, and that is the capacity to have an effect on the character. Development or behavior of someone. Let me run that back. Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. So, think about someone who is under the influence of alcohol. What are the characteristics that you notice? What are the behaviors that you notice? They have slurred speech, they have staggered walking, or can't really hold their balance. And you may even notice an odor of alcohol on them. Okay. So, Um, when you're under the influence of the spirit is when you start to see the fruits of the spirit, those nine fruits that I read, um, earlier on in this talk. So what are some character traits of a believer who has the fruit of the spirit with them? They are not fake and phony. Now y'all know what it's like to be around somebody that's fake and phony. Like they're just doing the most to be approved or to seek approval or to seem like they're better than what they are or just un- not genuine, right? So someone with the fruits of the spirit, they are not fake and phony. They don't give the impression that they are hiding something. So it can go either way. You can have somebody that's trying to up themselves and over talk themselves, or you can have somebody that's kind of like withdrawn or telling half-truths and it seemed like they're a little sketchy or got something going on with them. Um, someone who has the fruits of the spirit does not act like that. They have integrity, okay? And to me, integrity is what you do when nobody is around. (laughs) So if you have the spirit, even though nobody is physically around, maybe people aren't around you, you have an awareness that God is always around and God is always watching what you do. Someone who has the fruits of the spirit is someone that you can trust with your most intimate secrets. You may find yourself opening up to them um, and be a little more willing to share what's going on in your life. They are not intimidating and pushy. They are at peace with who they are and ready to accept you for who you are. So pretty much this means that they don't judge. They don't have any judgment about where you are in your journey or your life or what you share. In no way or form are they perfect Okay, they make mistakes. Um, These people, you will most likely hear them apologize a lot. So they're not afraid to admit when they're wrong. They have a sensitivity to the spirit or what we call um, discernment. They're able to discern a lot of things. They make their biggest impression during hard times. So you can tell that there's some type of source that is abiding in their character that lies deeper than them. That's the Holy Spirit. Um, Their recovery time during trials is really short. So they don't just sit and sulk and and are depressed for long, long strands of time. Like they have their moments, they fall, whatever, but it's not for long. Like they're getting back up and getting straight to it. And they start to see a benefit from the experience of their trials. So to me, this is like that perspective shift that I feel like the Holy Spirit definitely gives um, when it comes to that and discernment. So um, I just want to share, you know, a little story of me experiencing the Holy Spirit's influence. When I read this list um, in the book, there were some key things that I could relate to. And I was like, you know, that made me feel really good and just kind of confirm like, okay, I got the fruits of the Spirit in me. The Holy Spirit abides in me. The Holy Spirit is working with me. And I pray that others are seeing that fruit. Um, And I'll get into that later as I, you know, go out and about in the world. So back in May of this year, actually, in 2023, unfortunately, my house ended up catching on fire. And I know you can't see me on the podcast, but I'm doing air quotes. So my husband ended up um, falling asleep while he was cooking some food and the, uh, the apartment almost caught on fire. So the sprinklers came on and it caused a lot of water damage um, to our apartment. And unfortunately, the apartment under us. OK, so I say that it wasn't a fire because there were like no flames. It was just a bunch of smoke that had triggered the sprinklers and all the sprinklers came on in the apartment, which, you know, put out the fire. So and I'll get into that. So initially I was irritated <laughs> with this situation And my mind began worrying about everything that we would have to do after the fact of this to get back to our normal. I wanted to curse my husband out so bad because I was irritated with him and I felt like he was irresponsible to start cooking and then go fall asleep. Like I was just completely irritated with the situation. But in the midst of all of this, so like I shared earlier in trials, this is when people with the fruit of the spirit really show. Like, okay, I'm, I'm connected. In the midst of all of this, there was an overwhelming sense of gratitude that came over me. And I know that this was nobody but the influence of the Holy Spirit. I started to feel gratitude that my husband was alive, that he did not die or get harmed in this you know, potential house fire. I was grateful that there was not an actual fire, right? That the sprinklers pretty much did what they were supposed to do, which was stop the flames. We were able to receive help from the Red Cross. They were able to give us like a financial um, assistance, you know, while we had to be away from our home. So I was grateful for that. But um, we were able to stay at my mother in law's house. And I will say during this time, I got to have the whole nanny experience. Okay, my mother in law is on it. She's definitely like a server by heart. She's one of those ones that can't sit down somewhere <laughs> and it's hard to do things for her. So while I was at her house, she took care of like the little ones. She made dinner every night. Um, she, you know, cleaned up our rooms, cleaned up the space. Like I really didn't have to do much of anything. So I was very grateful for that experience. Um, fortunately, our family had renter's insurance. So we were able to make a claim for the damages that we had. Um, we have full home renovations. So, we got brand new towel in our kitchen, bathroom in the front room, brand new carpet throughout the whole apartment. Um, and it just feels like a brand new space in here altogether. You know, I hate that that had to happen, but I'm loving <laughs> this new space and our renovations. And these apartments are a little older. So, these carpets and stuff have been in here forever. Granted, you know, I would get my carpet clean, but you can tell when carpets have like been worn down, just walked on over and over, you know, over a period of time. So I'm very grateful for our new home renovations. We got new couches, the whole thing. Okay. I just love it. And I responded with respect when met with disrespect from my frustrated neighbors under me. So like I shared at the beginning, the people under me were affected too, because the water dripped down into their apartment and started, you know, messing things up with them. Now, unfortunately, and I understand that they were frustrated that they had to be misplaced, that it wasn't their fault, X, Y, Z, but they were coming at me with some very rude remarks and stuff. But again, the influence of the Holy Spirit, i responded with respect, despite them having disrespect to me. Okay. And we were able to be back in our home within a month or so. So when it comes to the fruits of the spirit, you can't produce the fruit of the spirit on your own. And let me explain: we don't produce fruit on our own; we discover it. It takes us by surprise. It is an effortless change. Okay. And again, this is um referring to the book of the Spirit Field Life, where he gives this explanation: the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the spirit in us. We cannot do it on our own. So some signs that the spirit is working in you is that you walk away from a heated conversation and realize you didn't lose your temper. You finish a disagreement with your kids and realize that you didn't yell. You you were asked to go somewhere that you had no business going or being at and you find yourself saying, no, thank you. And I think this one is my favorite of signs that the spirit is working in you. People will start to notice And they will start to say things like, I don't know what's gotten into her, but she different, something's different. I have experienced that y'all with friendships, with coworkers, with people that I interact with, like they can see that the spirit is doing a work in me by these examples that are given, by the way that I respond. And it goes back to that line that I shared, that it is a effortless change. It's not something that, I'm doing on my own with the example that I gave with um, the fire. I wanted to go in on my husband. <laughs> I wanted to go in on him like, dude, that was irresponsible. Look at all of this mess that was created as a result of you doing that. And old Tari would have came at him that way. But since the Holy Spirit has been doing a work in me, I met him with grace. I met him with compassion. I met him with gratitude. okay. That was not me doing that. <laughs> for sure, that was not me. Um the author in this book did not give an elaborate description of each fruit to avoid us trying to produce more of that fruit on our own. I have found myself in this situation especially, you know, beginning my walk with Christ. You may say things like I need to act more loving. I need to be more patient. And just a sidebar, when you ask God for more patience, Be careful, because all he's going to do is put you in situations that you have to be patient in. Okay, I used to have a prayer. Lord, saturate me with patience, saturate me with patience. And I would find myself in all of these irritable situations until I learned this. And it was like, oh, (laughs) he's making me practice what I'm asking for. He's going to give it to me in this irritated situation. So just be careful. Um, You may also find yourself saying, I need to exercise more self-control. I'm going to become a more faithful person. I, 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 I. That's the theme of all of those statements. Fruit is not a goal for us to pursue. We can't produce fruit. It's not our responsibility. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility, right? The Holy Spirit is the producer, We are the bearers, okay? And a great example of this is think about a music producer and an artist. So we hear the finished product from the artist, but there's so much work that went in on the back end of that song from the producer that we don't see or we don't know about. We just see the end result of it, right? So that's the same way that the Holy Spirit works inside of us or produces the fruit inside of us. Fruit is evidence of our dependency. Oh, excuse me. Fruit of the spirit. Excuse me. Fruits of the spirit were not intended to be a demonstration of our dedication or our resolve because all that is is our works. Right. And if you've read God's word or know anything about coming to Christ, um, his grace is unearned. It's unmerited. There's nothing that we can do to earn it. Right. So there's no reason that we should be striving for fruit to demonstrate that Oh, I'm dedicated or, oh, I'm a good Christian. It's just something that should happen naturally as a result of being connected to the Holy Spirit. Fruit is the evidence of our dependency on and sensitivity to the promptings of the Spirit, okay? Now, I got one last story time. If you follow me on Facebook, then you have seen this um, in regards to the promptings of the Spirit. So just this weekend, um, I ran out, you know, to go grocery shopping for my family real quick. And there's a particular food line that I go to that's close by my house. But immediately when I walked into this store, y'all, when I walked into this food line, I immediately felt overwhelmed. <laughs> like it's just too much going on in here. The lines for the the lines were backed up into the aisles and the aisles were full with people walking around. It was just too much. And I was overstimulated. And I've never done this before. I've never gone to a grocery store and then bam, decided to leave. But that day, baby, I decided I got to get out of here. It's too much for me. I'm overstimulated. So as I'm leaving out and driving down the highway to go to the other food line, I noticed this car um, sitting in the road. Their hazard lights are on. And initially, what it looked like to me is like a win- the windshield glass had fallen and was like laying on the person's head. So it caught my attention. I was like, what in the world? Are they OK? But then I noticed that like cars were still driving by. Nobody was stopping. And that car was just stagnant. So I felt this strong prompting or urge to turn around and check on that person. Now, here's my flesh. This is that um, the two uh, sources working against each other, the little devil and the angel. So I felt that prompting to go back and check. But the little devil side was like, girl, just go ahead to the grocery store so you can go back home. That's doing too much. You're already headed in the direction that you need to go. Turning around is going to be too much. It's going to be an inconvenience. Whatever, don't do it. But y'all, when I say that that prompting or that urge was so strong, I knew that if I went ahead onto that other food line, I was going to regret doing it. (laughs) I was going to feel a sense of regret. So I decided to turn around and go back and check on this person. So as I turn around, there's a woman sitting in the car. I pull up behind her and I put my hazards on. And it's a woman sitting in the car with her daughter who was like a teenager. And I was like, do you need help? She was like, yes, oh my gosh, my car ended up cutting off right here um, in the middle of the highway. Keep in mind, it was a a stoplight that she was at, but the car had cut off at the light. And she was like, I just need help getting the car out the road. Somebody's on the way to help me, but I just want to get out the road because these cars are acting like they're not going to stop, which again, we're on a highway. (laughs) So people are like 60, 70 miles driving past her. So we had her daughter get into the driver's seat to stir, put it in neutral, and me and her are trying to like push it off the side of the road into the grass. Well, the car was a little heavier than we expected. We were pushing, trying our hardest, but it couldn't go. So all of a sudden, these two guys that were at a store um, at McDonald's nearby, they ran across the street and they helped us. And instantly, it was easier for us to po- to move. And we were able to get it off the grass. So, of course, she was, you know, full of gratitude. She was just like, thank you so much. I was praying to God um, for some help because I really needed it. And it's just like (laughs) the waterworks started coming out for me, y'all. It was just like, Holy Spirit, you literally prompted me and led me over here to help this woman and her daughter. It was not a coincidence that I instantly felt overwhelmed and food line. It was not a coincidence that I felt this strong urge to turn around and help her. Um, So I'm just grateful that I was obedient to the spirit. Right. And a lot of times we just have to be obedient and we just have to listen and be in tune with our bodies, with the Holy Spirit, with everything going on inside of us, because a lot of times we ignore stuff and just go on about it. But the Holy Spirit is trying to get your attention. So That was like a a hallmark experience for me. I would definitely cherish that forever. And it just felt really, really special. And I'm glad I was able to help them. All right. Now, real quick for a reflection of today's talk. How would you define your character? Do you feel like your character is led by the spirit or that your character is led by your evil desires? Okay, so that is all that I have for you all today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, If you are not, please follow me.